greens, potatoes, tomatoes, lamb, greens, 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 potatoes, tomatoes, chicken, turkeys, greens, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, lamb, 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 greens, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, chicken, turkeys, chicken, turkeys, greens, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, lamb, 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 greens, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, chicken, turkeys, greens, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes. Thank you, Sister Caesar, for that dope hymn. Uh, you all likely know that song from 2017, around Thanksgiving time. Uh, she dropped a sermon, and then somebody remixed it. So that's DJ Sway, the remix God with you name it. Uh, so the sermon is actually pretty good, so you should take a moment and listen to it. Uh, I heard it last year, I think, and uh, it's actually pretty good. So I hope that all the things she mentioned are on your plates today. I got to say the internet has some made some fire tracks, and there needs to be a mixtape of the hottest internet remixes out there. Uh, I definitely download it for sure. So what's good, everyone? It's Cedric Warren with Set Talk. Get it like TED Talk, but it's me. couple things. So let's get into it. First thing, college football playoff rankings and its rivalry week with Thanksgiving week being here in college football. Number one has now become Ohio State. LSU is number two. Clemson is at number three. And Georgia is at number four with Bama and Utah rounding it out at five and six, respectively. So my thing is I don't agree with this ranking, and it's only because of the one and two spots. Three and four are going to hold out until the um, conference championship weekends. Ohio State has played good football. The Big Ten has good teams, but Ohio State hasn't necessarily played the best teams in the Big Ten yet. LSU has played three top 25 teams throughout the season and won. Uh, they didn't necessarily blow these teams out, but they had good wins. Florida was ranked, uh, Auburn was ranked, and of course Alabama was ranked number one when they beat them. So both of those schools um, have played good football, but I think LSU is still the number one team if you go off their strength of schedule and the number of ranked teams they've played and how they've played. So Ohio State would be at my number two instead of number one. But um, the committee feels like Ohio State is the best, uh, and I feel like they just gave it to them off this number nine uh, victory over Penn State, which... I mean, that's one of the few ranked teams they've played. So I would say they're super talented. Uh, I do think they have the potential to win the national championship. Last week I gave you LSU and Ohio State as my natty. Um, but right now that might not happen if these rankings hold the same. So well, it still could happen because it will be one versus three, two versus four. So still a possibility. So. Um, I feel like the committee is still trying to slide Bama in there. Uh, even with that one loss, uh, Georgia's going to fall out after they lose to LSU in the SEC championship. So <clears throat> uh, I don't think uh, Bama will slide in there. I really feel like Utah, if they win out, so they'll have to win this week, beat Oregon in the Pac-12 championship, um, and be, remain undefeated and to get in there. So I feel like if Georgia loses – Utah goes undefeated. I really think Utah should be in that number four spot. Uh, Pac-12 has not been in the college football playoffs since the beginning when Washington got in there. Um, so 
and actually Washington was my Pac-12 uh, winner pick for this year, but they let me down. Uh, and Oregon has done well. You know, I'm an Oregon fan, so I was rooting for them. But I, I thought Washington with having Jacob Eason back home in his home state, um, same talent with a great coach. I thought they would uh, run through the Pac-12 pretty easily, but uh, that didn't happen. Uh, so we could see some changes this week uh, with some upsets. Hopefully, we'll see. Uh, rivalry week, like I said, um, most famous. You got Ohio State and Michigan, probably the best college football rivalry out there. I don't think Michigan has the talent to beat Ohio State. I don't believe in Shea Patterson. Um, he's been there for the last two years now, and I thought when he got there from Ole Miss that him being mobile would be an addition uh, that was needed for Michigan to succeed and do better, but that's not the case. Uh, they're still losing key games and not getting over that Ohio State hump. So I got Ohio State winning that one. Uh, for the home state rivalry, Clemson versus South Carolina. Uh, Gamecock fans, we've been here before. Um, so really, we're just going to sit back and watch and hope for the best. Uh, maybe we can pull an upset. Some magical, <laughs> some magical being just the football guys just look down on us and say, you know what? It's been a rough year. I'm, I'm going to reward you. Uh, so an upset of Clemson would really shake things up. Georgia has Georgia Tech. Don't see that happening. Uh, don't see a loss there. Bama's got Auburn, of course. So the Iron Bowl, one of the, also the other most famous college football rivalry right there. I think Auburn can win, uh, but they cannot start out slow like they did last week versus Georgia. Uh, they have to come out and score early. Uh, Mac Jones is not a superstar like Tua, uh, but he does have the pieces around him to be good, and I think Saban is good at coaching up his players and his quarterbacks to be in the moment and also not give the game away. So if Mac Jones doesn't give the game away, then I think it would be tough for Auburn to win, but I still think they can do it. So I'm going to go Auburn and Ohio State over for those two national championships, for those two uh Rivalry games. So we'll see at the end of the week what that looks like and when the rankings come out on next Tuesday. All right. Second thing. Uh, so today is Thanksgiving, Indigenous Peoples Day, Friendsgiving, whatever you want to call it. It's just a day that we're all gathering today and we get to eat, uh, watch football, do whatever. Like I said last week, starting those new traditions is important. So whatever you want to call today, uh, do that and make sure you make it your own. Make sure it's great for you today. Uh, so tell me what you have to have on your plate. Um, there's always that one thing that you look forward to, no matter where you go to eat, you got to have it on your plate. For me, it's mac and cheese, right? It is my second favorite food of all time. Uh, that's behind pizza. Pizza is my number one. So mac and cheese has to be on my plate. And I think after that, I got to have like the turkey, right? Fried turkey is my other go-to thing that I got to have. If I can have those two things on my plate, I'm going to be satisfied. Everything else is kind of just fillers, right? Uh, for me, the mac and cheese and the turkey is what I'm really looking forward to. Kind of cliche, but you know, who cares? It's my plate, so I'm going to eat what I want to. <laughs> All right. So since we're talking about Thanksgiving, Friendsgiving, uh, this day of thanks and hunger, we're going to uh, talk about hunger and homelessness awareness week. Uh, so that was last week officially. Uh, so what I wanted to talk about is an important issue. So 37 million people in the United States struggle with hunger. Uh, and of those 37 million, 11 million are children. Um, so think about that. I mean, that's a lot of people. That's multiple major cities 
without hunger. Um, yes, there's a lot of people in the United States, but that's still a big portion of people who are struggling. The fact that we have people struggling with hunger in the United States is a problem in itself, uh, especially children. Um, so a couple terms I want to familiarize you with is one is called food insecure or food insecurity. Uh, and this describes a household's inability to provide enough food for every person to live an active, healthy life. Uh, so there are effects as a result of food insecurity. Uh, these will vary with each individual, uh, but health complications can damage a child's to ability, ability to learn and grow. Uh, and it's also difficult for seniors as well. So some vulnerable populations out there when it comes to hunger. Uh, the other term I want to introduce to you is called food deserts. Uh, the USDA, not the GZ uh, USDA, uh, and the American Nutrition Association define food deserts as part of the as parts of the country that are vapid of fresh fruit and veggies and other helpful whole foods. Uh, so these food deserts are just areas where you will not find a farmer's market, uh, healthy food providers like a Whole Foods or uh, even like an Aldi's or a Walmart or Kroger, anything like that. Um, so people have to travel many miles to go there. And oftentimes, too, these food deserts include kind of what they call travel deserts, too. I think this is a term where there's not reliable transportation to get to the nearest grocery store. So I've seen a couple of these around Indy. I've looked at the map and they're very much spread out between um, the city of Indianapolis and Marion County, which is the county that Indianapolis sits in. Uh, so you can you're going to find these often in low income and impoverished areas uh, for my South Carolina listeners. I think you can put it in terms if you drive down uh, what is it Fort Jackson Boulevard, Forest Drive to Taylor Street uh, down that way. You can see the changes from where it starts at 77, you go down all the way to, you reach downtown uh, once you get past Benedict. You can see there's Whole Foods and there's other grocery stores around there. Um, but as soon as you get closer to Benedict in the downtown area, those things come kind of scarce. Um, the bus does kind of go through there as well, but I'm not sure how far it goes. Um, so those are things we can think about too. And then of course in rural areas where um, the nearest grocery store is probably several miles away, and we have to think about access to travel in there too. So just think about those things today. I don't want to put a damper on your mood, but it is something I want to bring to you that it is a reality that people face every single day. Uh, my job, uh, my the university I work for has what's called Pause Pantry. Uh, the school mascot is a Jaguar, so they call it Pause Pantry. And this is open to students, staff, faculty who are struggling to find food. Um, a lot of students are first generation, they're working. Um, some are coming from very low income areas and they don't have much. So um, they are working to get their degree, but also struggling with hunger as well. So they have this pantry where students can come get food uh, to help them out in between classes and things like that. There's also a clothing um drive as well that goes on throughout the year as well. So there's people you work right next to who, who may be struggling with hunger. Uh, so don't take, you know, just those meals for granted. Um, somebody may be eating their only meal a day when you see them at work. Uh, so definitely take that into consideration as you eat today and definitely be grateful for what you have. Uh, the other issue I want to talk about is homelessness, uh, which also goes hand in hand with hunger. Um, a lot of people on the street are struggling with hunger. 
Um, so there's different types of homelessness. You have chronic, transitional, and episodic. Uh, with chronic, of course, the term chronic means continuous, ongoing. Uh, so these are people that you see. Often these are the ones you'll probably see stereotyped in movies and film and stuff like that, uh, where they're continuously homeless. Transitional is those who are going from place to place, place to place, they've probably been in a, a stable situation. Now they're uh, not in one. So think of someone who might have suffered uh, domestic violence. Uh, so they had a roof over the head, but to get out of that situation, they left their home. Uh, now they don't have a place to stay. And then you have episodic, of course. So it comes and goes. Um, this is often associated with people with mental health illness and as well as um, substance abusers as well. Uh, people who abuse drugs, excuse me, I should use people first language. Um, so that's that. So my question is, how do we end these epidemics, right? Because uh, they're very much an epidemic. With 37 million people, over 38 million people living in poverty uh, in the United States, how do we address these issues in the United States? I see... Um, a lot of corporations and some very, very rich people, they're starting to work. I think the guy that owns, I think it's Salesforce um, out in California, he has done a lot for homeless populations in California as well, which also has a very big problem. Um, I think about homelessness in rural areas. How does that look? Um, how do people really fend for themselves in the city? You got homeless shelters and you got you know transit and things like that. But what about homelessness in rural areas, uh, hunger in rural, rural areas where, again, you have to go miles to get to the nearest grocery store or uh, anything like that? Um, so we have to talk about like what the root causes of poverty and homelessness are, right? Uh, and address those things first. Uh, so give me your thoughts in the comments. I want to know what you're thinking. For me, I think a lot of it is often the distribution of wealth in this country um, and how this country was not really set up to be as equitable and fair as it is written in a lot of these founding documents. Uh, businessmen founded this country. Businessmen built the economic framework of this country because I wanted to say just built uh, because that was done by us African-American slaves Chinese Mexicans everybody else um, so I want to say they built the the economic structure and everything else uh, to benefit them so now many many years down the road uh, we have these inequities and um, in uh, wage gaps and, and, and money and everything. So uh, I think that's the biggest issue right there. And the lack of resources to help people, I definitely think that's there. Uh, each presidency has varying agendas and those agendas don't always involve public service. Uh, again, when you have rich businessmen getting into the office, oftentimes that's not their concern. Um, do they care about Americans? I'm pretty sure, but I think a lot of people are looking to just line their pockets at times. So um, that's my thing. I think lack of resources, of course, and resources are uh, spread between you know health resources, access to health care, uh, access to food. Uh, access is a big, big thing. Uh, and then that distribution of wealth is one thing. But there's so many other things that contribute. Uh, there's individual factors that we can mention. Not everybody's case is going to be the same. So I don't want to lump everybody together, but those are just a few of my reasons why we have that issue. But uh, I wanted to bring that to you so you can consider today, uh, maybe doing some service. And then as this rest of the year goes on, I want you to 
really consider uh, why these issues are here and what you can do to kind of help alleviate these issues as well. Uh, even if it's just one person, one family, something like that, um, everything counts. All right. Uh, so moving on to my next thing. Uh, in talking about homelessness and hunger, right, um, there's a humanistic side to that, right? Those are still people. Um and you hope that humanity really reaches back into their spirit and says we need to do something. Uh, so when I was reading and scrolling on Facebook the other day, uh, I saw this article that was originally popping up in 2015. And there's those moments where I lose faith in humanity. Uh, and this is one of them. So I read about uh, a community of people, a group of people who are trans-abled, right? Um, so I, like I said, I first saw it in 2015. Now I'm seeing it again. Trans-abled is people who are intentionally wanting to live and become disabled. Now, people who are disabled face a lot of barriers already. And that's varies depending on the level of disability. Um, not saying that People with disabilities can't live very functional lives because they do. Uh, I just know that there are barriers that they do face. And I'm guarantee you, if they could, they would probably alleviate these barriers in any way they could. That's why they fight for uh, better rights and acts and policy to better serve people with disabilities. That's with jobs, that's with access to buildings, all those things. Um, that's why those things are. So to have someone who purposely wants to disfigure themselves or transform their body to an attainment of physical impairment makes no sense to me. Uh, again, our country does not do well with equitable um, practices for marginalized groups and people with disability are marginalized groups. Um, so our country does not do well with that. And I, I really struggle to understand why somebody would want to do that. Um, again, don't get me wrong. Um, people with disabilities, people living with disabilities have and can live full lives. I know that's possible. Um, but to create a barrier such as that on yourself, I, I do not understand. So uh, give me your thoughts on that. Uh, I'll post the article I found in the comments so you can read it. Uh, give me your thoughts on that in the comments as well. Um, and uh, we'll get more on that too. Moving forward, all right. So you've heard a lot of good intros for the first two weeks. I had Trans Lee on the first one. I had uh, Jason Aldean because I love country music on there. Um, so music is a big part of uh, my life too. I love it. Um, one of the things that I saw this week too was Billboard's album of the decade, right? And I think for the rap album, right? So the rap album, they gave My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy as the album of the decade. And I'm trying to figure out like why exactly that would be. It's a good album. Uh, it's got some great tracks on it. I remember when it came out, uh, I think I was a junior, senior in college or whatever, and I listened to it. I think I listened to it over Thanksgiving break one time playing PlayStation, right? Backwards and forwards. Great talk. But to be album of the decade, that's that's a stretch. For me, that's a stretch. Uh, Kanye is a very talented artist, but to have him uh, in this album as album of the decade... 
can't get with it. Uh, I can name other albums, you know, that definitely came out early 2000s, mid 2000s. That could be album of the decade. And if they're talking like 2010, like now, um, maybe a little bit tougher, but you know, I, I can still give you some better ones. Definitely Beyonce has probably dropped an album of the decade, of course. And if we're talking like the first decade of like 2000 to like 2009, uh, when music was its best. And we'll talk about that next week. Um, I can give you Confessions. That's in my top five. I can give you Songs About Jane by Maroon 5. I can give you The Blueprint. I can give you a lot of good albums. So in the comments, or uh, if you follow me on Instagram or Twitter, um, leave a comment, DM me your top five uh, albums for your decades. Uh, so it can be 2000, 2009, or 2010 to 2019. Just give me your top five albums for those. All right. Uh, so lastly, before I get out of here, I want to give you something that's near and dear to my heart. And I've mentioned finding your purpose in what you do. And for me, when I found my purpose, um, that looked like being in the field of public health. And... Uh, when I started working in public health, I realized that I could make an impact on people's lives on a large scale, right? I could impact not only them, uh, but I could impact their families and generations to come by giving them practices that will um, help them live healthy and full lives. Uh, so I want to introduce to you over the next couple of weeks uh, what public health is. I have a lot of colleagues who I want to have on here, uh, some professors, some grant writers working in different areas like cancer research, um, agriculture, uh, what else, um, you know, teen pregnancy, all, all kinds of different issues. Uh, so I'll have those on here so we can continue to educate you about what public health is. I want to use this platform not to just give you my opinions on things, but give you some very cold, hard facts on things as well and uh, some new uh, opportunities for people as well. So with that being said, let me get into it. Uh, introduce what public health is. So public health promotes and protects the health of people and communities where they live, learn and work. Uh, doctors will treat illnesses in infirmary. Public health works to prevent it. So many people, when they ask me what I do, I say I work in public health. Um, and they're kind of not necessarily confused, but I think the first thing they think about is healthcare because I did used to work in healthcare for I was a nursing assistant. Many of you probably know um, I worked at the hospital many, many, many hours uh, <laughs> over the course of the six years that I was there. Uh, so um, I... Um, was in healthcare, uh, and now I'm working in public health. So there is a difference. Like I said, doctors will treat your sickness, uh, and then public health workers we work to prevent it. Right? Um, public health does scientific research, attracts diseases and outbreaks, uh, assures what safe working conditions. So if you ever heard of OSHA or this Occupational Safety and Health Administration, uh, by the way, there's a ton, and I mean a ton of acronyms in public health. So if you ever see a whole bunch or ones you don't know, uh, you can text me and I will uh, give you the answer. I think I know most of them. <laughs> uh, so research, like I said, we're doing that, tracking diseases. So if there's an outbreak, like currently there is a uh, e. coli outbreak with romaine lettuce. So if you go to a restaurant or you're in stores for this Thanksgiving trying to buy lettuce or whatever, uh, you likely won't see romaine lettuce on the shelf because it's been recalled uh, due to an E. coli outbreak. 
so those are the things that public health practitioners do. We're tracking uh, where that lettuce is, where it needs to be recalled. Uh, if anybody has consumed that lettuce, if anybody gets sick from that lettuce, um, then public health practitioners are tracking those people. They're treating those people as well. Um, uh, public health is nutrition, uh, so getting people to eat healthy foods, it's exercise and activity, uh, it's policy making and advocacy. Uh, we can come up with all the programs in the world, but if we don't have the policy to back it up, it is very tough to really make these strides uh, in public health. It's walkable streets, it's access to healthy foods, it's mental health, and it's, it's public safety, right? Putting seat belts in cars is a, is a public health uh, win, right? Uh, that was not a thing until probably the late 70s. Um, so that is an advance in public health that has definitely worked to save lives uh, as well. Uh, it's clean air. Uh, so the air you breathe, that's important that it's clean. It's sustainability. Uh, we're talking about renewable energy, clean energy, uh, it's drinkable water. Uh, so all those things and much more are public health. Um, we are more than just the restaurant grades. I know that's an important piece. Uh, you probably go into the restaurants and check the grade out, or you probably pass it by just because you've been in there. You've kind of done an eye test and it's like, all right, this place looks clean. I haven't got sick or anything. Uh, but restaurant grades are, are a part of public health, but it, we do more as well. So if, if you're back home in Columbia or one of the local news channels, you know, WLTX does the restaurant report card uh, and all that stuff is provided by my old organization that I used to work for, DHEC. Um, so you don't see public health um, out in the open. It's not the most visible thing, but it is working around you at all times. Uh, so know that. So some careers in public health, you have doctors, researchers, scientists, uh, nutritionists, social workers, um, physical therapists, mental health therapists, epidemiologists, first responders, health educators, and so much more. Um, there's an academic side, of course, and there's very much a practical side where there's a lot of people working out in the community as well. So. All right. So like I said, over the next couple of weeks, I will be bringing you more information on public health. I think next week I want to get into the 10 essential services of public health. Uh, so those are like the core things that happen uh, in public health practitioners build off and what we do. Uh, so a new segment I want to give you towards the end um, as I'm closing out is called With That Being Said. So shout out to my uh, my homeboy Trent for giving me that pun. Uh, I love uh, puns. I love a good pun. Uh, those are fantastic. So he told me that he was like, I was listening and I was like, you said it in the beginning. And I was like, that should be a segment. So shout out to my boy Trent for that. Uh, I really appreciate it. So with that being said, like SED, uh, I offer you final words. On this Thanksgiving, Friendsgiving, Indigenous People's Day, or just a day of relaxation and no work, uh, I want you all to be grateful, right? Um, I watched a video on Facebook of a kid who was colorblind, and he was giving a special pair of glasses to help him see in color uh, for the first time. So we often take simple things for granted. We go about our days without thinking about, what if I didn't have this, right? What if I couldn't uh, walk as easily? Or what if I couldn't speak as easily? Uh, the ability to walk, to see, to have a car to drive, roof over our head, all those things we often take for granted because we just do them without thinking. We get in the car, we go to work, uh, we come in our home, sit down and go about it. And we don't always think about, you know, the people who don't have that. Um, like I said, I, I saw that Facebook video. Uh, his emotions poured as he saw this beautiful world of ours in full color. So imagine you only seeing certain things, bits and pieces. Um, it's almost like knowing 
parts of a story and then you find out the end in a good book and then you see you know how it all comes together and for him to uh see the world in this full color was an amazing thing um something as, as simple as sight right we're able to just see uh, paint colors and you know colors of cars and clothes and things that we wear and we're like oh that's such a beautiful color but here's this kid who doesn't get to see that and one of the first things he did was he walked over to a periodic table which had a bunch of ta- uh, colors on it and he just looked um so to, to see that really was heartwarming as well um everything you have now may not be everything you want but it's everything that you need at this current moment uh, so be grateful for the present uh, i've learned that over the last couple years um to be grateful for where i am and what i have it's very easy to be like i want this i want that and there's nothing wrong with that wanting those things um god my creator the person i believe in um definitely wants to give you those things and whoever you believe in as your your spiritual guidance your 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 faith uh i believe they want to give that to you as well um but my god i know that wants to give that to you as well so there's nothing wrong with asking for things in the future um but as my lb teldrin mentioned uh this weekend when i was talking to him being content isn't settling it's being grateful for where you are until god moves you forward to the next thing right so you can be content with living in a nice apartment, having a car to drive, uh, having a good job that you're able to pay your bills and do some things, maybe save some money, pay down on student debt or things like that, or help out your family. You can be content with that, um, but you don't have to settle for that, right? You can, settling is like, this is where, this is the only plateau. I'm, I've reached my plateau, this is as far as I'm going. Being content is being grateful for where you're at right now and being grateful for where you came from. Uh, because before you didn't have that, right? You were probably a broke college student or you were in the military and you were at a, a low rank. Now you're at a higher rank and now you're able to do much more. Um, so those are the things that we should definitely be grateful for, for where we're at and what's to come. You know, I often would pray that, you know, thank you, Lord, for giving me what I have, clothes on my back, shoes on my feet, roof over my head, car to drive, a good job, all those things. Um, but then I would say, you know, thank you for my current, but thank you for my future as well. And uh, I know those things are coming. So speak it into existence. If there's more things that you want, it is coming. Uh, be patient. I will be the first to tell you that being patient is very difficult. And I'm a patient person. But sometimes when we want things in life, it's very difficult uh, for us to kind of wait for them right so uh as my mother wisely says stay busy while you wait on god all right uh so final thing that i want to talk about as we're here with uh thanksgiving and christmas time coming up uh we begin to think about the new year and the things we want to do as goals and resolutions a lot of resolutions are centered around getting a new job house or car weight loss, education, all those things. Uh, So I don't have resolutions for 2020, but I do have a theme, right? So going into 2019, and I believe 2018 too, I wanted to set a theme of being truer to myself, learning about myself uh, and others, of course, uh, and become a better me. I wanted to invest in myself, right? So invest in my skills, uh, invest financially, uh, all those things. Um, So I believe I've done that, uh, but I also believe I could do a little bit better. Uh, So you could say those are goals, right? Uh, But for 
me, it was more so a theme because I didn't necessarily have an exact strategy on how I wanted to get there. Get there. Um, I kind of took the process as it came. I took the experiences in life as they came and learned about myself on how I handled these experiences as well. Um, so those were more intrinsic in nature uh, than anything. So it was tough to measure them. So that's why I don't necessarily call them uh, goals. So however it happens for me, uh, I want to see the results of consistency. Uh, consistency is my goal for 2020, right? Or not goal, but my theme, excuse me. <laughs> Uh, theme for 2020. I want to be consistent in all the things that I'm doing. I want to be consistent in doing my set talks. Uh, this is a new thing that I was doing on Facebook, just writing. Now I'm recording it. And uh, that takes time to have to edit it and put it into you know the right format so I can upload it. Uh, so I want to be consistent with that. And it's easy to have life kind of get in the way uh, of those things that you want to do. So I want to be able to bring you these each week. Uh, and again, thank you for listening. If you've listened to before and if you're a new listener, welcome. Thank you for uh, listening to my set talk. Um, I also want to be consistent working on my nonprofit and my business. Uh, those are things that are just important to me that I want to do that I know I'm, I'm made for. Uh, I want to be consistent in being involved with my fraternity, being involved in Alpha. Um, I didn't just pledge just to do, you know, four years of whatever I did at Carolina, uh, at Alpha, and um, and be done. Uh, it is a lifelong commitment. It is a commitment that you should make when you decide to to wear those letters across your chest and, and really respect your founders for the struggle that they had to get this or, those organizations off the ground and what they stood for then and the struggles that we're still seeing in this country that they um, fought for. Uh, many of our founders of, across all D9 have been on the forefront of social justice, and we need to continue to do that now. So I want to be consistent in Alpha, consistent in my faith, and that's praying, uh, that's studying God's word, um, that's going to church. I want to be consistent in that. Uh, I do a pretty good job, but I can always do better. There's always room for growth. I want to be consistent in my relationships, and that's you know with my girlfriend, with my parents, my brother, uh, my LBs, all my close friends. I want to make sure that I'm staying in touch with them consistently so I know what's going on with them as well. I know, you know, as we get older, life happens and I understand that, but it's still a good thing to be consistent in the effort to reach out. And that's all you have to do is reach out. Um, I want to be consistent in my past ideas that I've started. I journal a lot. Um, so a lot of my ideas are written down on paper. So I want to go back to those and start to flesh those out and see if they can come to pass. If not, then I know I've tried. Um, again, another wise words from my parents, uh, nothing hurts but a try. So, uh, and then lastly, I want to be consistent in maintaining a healthy lifestyle. I know my family history, um, so I want to be able to have them here for a long time. I'm thanking God for them. I'm so grateful that my mother and father are still here. I know a lot of people on this Thanksgiving, Friendsgiving, don't have their loved ones with them. And if you lost someone, uh, I'm so sorry. And I, and I pray that you can find comfort in whatever it is that you find comfort in um, to know that they're, they loved you and they wish they could be here uh, for you. So uh, if you lost a loved one or anyone, um, I'm so sorry to hear that. Um, this holiday time can be tough. 
because uh, we're used to getting together with family and things like that. So I'm so grateful to have them around as well. But again, part of that is because we're starting to maintain a, a better, healthy lifestyle. Right. So I want to continue to do that as well. Uh, so I will work each day to be consistent. And that is a takes a consistent effort that's getting up, that is planning out my said talks, doing the research I need to. If I bring you some uh, new facts, finding the right people, that's uh, doing research to find grants for my nonprofit, make the right connections, um, ask the right questions. So uh, it can be tough, but it can be done. And so that's my theme for 2020. Uh, please share with me your theme for 2020, your goals as well. I want to hear those as well. Uh, so consider having a theme maybe instead of a goal, right? Uh, it may encompass a, a bigger bigger thoughts and bigger things for you in the, going into the new year. All right. So before I go, I always want to give a quick shout out to somebody. So quick shout out to my boy Rodney. Last month, he made me some jam. Uh, his family makes it down in Charleston. So shout out to my Charleston A43 fam. Um, so I definitely appreciate any homemade goods, especially those from South Carolina. I'm always going to put on for my state. I'm always going to put on for South Carolina. I'm always going to put on for the 803 because that's the best area code in the state. So if you're listening, don't don't like I don't want to see you throw up the chuck. I don't want to see you scream out 864. We just know 803 is the best thing. So just let it go. Most of y'all went to school in 803 anyway, so it's all good. Uh, so follow my guy Rodney at Mr. Cook for Your Girl on Instagram. Uh, he does catering, so hit him up uh, if you need any of those services. All right. So I'm always here to promote Black businesses. Uh, we have the power to really create a network. Uh, I think that's one of the biggest things I try to do with this, as well as other things, is create networks of Black people that we can lean on each other. We so 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 desperately need to do that. It is lean on each other and make better networks for each other. Uh, it's okay to give. It's okay to share. It's okay to give knowledge to the next person. Uh, if you've gotten somewhere, reach back and help the next person. Each one, teach one. Uh, it's it's a simple concept, right? And um, I want to promote that on here and everywhere else I go. As well. I got jeans, so, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, lamb, rice, the wall, the floor. Jeans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, chicken, turkeys, frankfurt. Jeans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, lamb, rice, the I can't even say that. We're going to let Shirley fade us out. I'll talk to y'all later.